Why, hello, 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 everyone out there. Welcome back to another episode of Kimboology. Wow, guys, it's been a minute. I feel like I haven't sat at this mic for quite some time. Y'all, how long has it been? The fuck? Like, I mean, how long has it been since I did an episode? Time is just, I don't know. Time, who is she? Never heard of her. Never seen her. Um, time is, I can't believe it's fucking November. Literally, like, a couple days. In a couple days. It will be November, which I'm like, fucking like, what? How? So, forgive me, guys. I know we've, we had a little bit of a break. Um, a, lot of, a lot of exciting stuff was happening during the break. Um... We, uh, me and producer Rick went to Puerto Rico. Um, we literally fucking uh, repelled down a waterfall, which was sickening. Uh, repelling is basically like, it's like the opposite of like fucking rock climbing. Like instead of going up, you're going down, but you have the harness and everything on. And then like literally we were going down like a fucking waterfall in the like a junque forest, rainforest, which is completely stunning and beautiful and enormous and a huge part of Puerto Rico. And we did that. We did some zip lining. We did some hiking in the creek and like in the in the waterfall. We like hiked up a waterfall too. It was you guys. It was you know I've traveled a lot, guys. If you guys don't know who who I am and who I stand for, or you guys, I don't know. I'm high as fuck, so I'm gonna struggle with this. Plus, I'm tired as fuck. Um, I just got back from the the Bulls game as well, so I'm like fucking like out of it. But it was a great game. It's so much fun. Um, oh my god, I'm like. You got, I cannot focus. Get it together. Get it together. Okay. Um, I was talking about Puerto Rico. Shut up, Kim, about the Bulls game. Um, yeah, no, it was really, really beautiful. Um, we went originally for a wedding for Rick Dog. Producer Rick's family member was getting married out there. Uh, the, the, the marriage didn't happen, which is fine. It's fine. Um, I, don't know that's, I don't know what really happened. We kind of don't know what happened. Um, we think they're still together. They just decided not to go through with the marriage for right now. I guess they're postponing it or something. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, but whatever. We still went to Puerto Rico and had an amazing time and didn't want to come home because I just wanted to live in the rainforest and fend for myself for food or fend for us for food and forage and eat mushrooms and zen out in the beautiful forests of Puerto Rico, you know? And we actually stayed outside of San Juan because last time we stayed in San Juan, which was nice. Um... Uh, we stayed like on the east side of the island, which was called Fajardo um, in Puerto Rico, which was gorgeous. It was quite, he booked us the cutest Airbnb. It was like a fucking tree house. We literally were on a cliff and then we had to climb up two flight, two or three flights of stairs to get to our, our Airbnb. And then our Airbnb had another set of stairs, which we had a rooftop, which was gorgeous. And your girl was sitting on that uh, hammock and just fucking... Girl, I would lay. I laid there for the first day we put that put that hammock up, and I just laid in it. And I was like, I'm not moving for hours. I don't give a fuck. Wake me up in six days. I don't give a shit. So <laughs> it was gorgeous, guys. Oh yeah, and the tour I did. Oh, the tour that we did for um, the rappelling down a waterfall and the zip lining was by far top five tours that I've ever done in my life. And if you guys know, I am a huge traveler. I've been to 34 countries all over the world, and yeah, I've done a lot of tours. I've hiked a lot of shit and not literally guys relax. Um, so it was really special. Like I've never hiked up a waterfall and I never did any of that. I never like repelled down a fucking waterfall. 
And it was so much fun. I, I thought I was going to get scared, but no, I was like, give me more. I was exhilarated. Like, I was like, I'm here for this. So anyways, I digress. Let's get back to the show, right? Oh, it's episode 54 officially. Um, 54, let's see. Nung song sam si ha. Nung song sam si ha sip si. That is 54 in Thai. Um, it's solo dolo me this week, guys, because uh, so Becky Combos, my annoying co-host, is not here. Um, just kidding. No, Becky uh, is not here for this week um, because we. I'm very, very excited, guys. I have an amazing guest on this week, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear her story, um, just get to know her better. She is the amazing Nikki St. John that runs Pole Dance Nation, um, which is a huge platform for pole dancers and pole, in the pole dance community. Um, she is a, you know, a, a beautiful black woman um, that is just like doing big things for the pole dance community. Um, when uh, like ask most pole dancers if they follow her page, they do. I mean, she's got like over a hundred thousand followers, um, on her pole dance nation page. And I started following her when I was a baby polar and she used to repost people. And the thing is, it's funny. Cause like, I didn't actually know she was a black woman. She kept her, you know, her her who she was kind of like incognito not on purpose she goes over she goes over her story later on in the episode and when I interview her but when I interview her but honestly guys I mean she's a a an author like she wrote her own book she is a sex worker slash stripper dancer and she's traveled all over the all over the world or all over at least the United States I know um dancing and stripping at different clubs and in the club scene she's performed um for various artists she's done, she's an actor as well um really really awesome person and super sweet and I was so happy that she agreed to let me sit down and kind of get to know her a little better and, t- and share share the world of pole with you guys because it's something that I feel is untapped and it's a whole world it is it's like a whole thing um in the pole dance community and um I wanted to hear her perspective. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't even know she was a dancer, um, and, and which I was really pleased. I was like, and she was so transparent, open, and honest, and just willing to share her story and her experiences. So it's really special, guys. I'm really happy to have her on. So Nikki St. John, she's coming on shortly um, in the episode. Uh, so it's Pole Dance Nation. That is the Instagram page that she runs. And she has all these ideas for the next chapter of Pole Dance Nation. And she shares that later. So I can't wait for you guys to hear that. But before we do that, let's get on with the show, shall we? Uh, Let's get into sexy sustainability, guys. Yeah, it's been a little bit, guys. Um, Yeah, but I'm happy to be back and happy to be sharing um, some more, you know, hibby-dibby woo-woo shit with y'all. Um, if you guys are new to us, Sexy Sustainability is a, seg- a weekly segment that we have here on Kimboology that focuses on um, any way of saving the planet, you know, whether it's a product, a way of life, you know, any sort of um, item, thing, company that we shout out and we give a little light to that's really doing things to save the planet because she's not okay. Okay, guys, when I tell you it is October, damn near November here in Chicago and I'm outside with like a fucking t-shirt. Like, I just don't get it. Like Halloween is this weekend 
and I don't have to wear a coat. Like, that's not good. You know what I mean, guys? Like, this is actually scary. Like, we're not okay and the planet's not okay. And so all of, like, literally the other day, like, producer Rick was looking at his phone and he was, like, showing me on the Weather Channel, like, look at all this shit going on. He was like, look, there's a typhoon here. There's a fucking hurricane here. Look, there's a big storm here. Look, there's a this here. There's a th-. Like, there was literal storms and huge, massive, like, I don't know, like typhoons and fucking tsunamis and shit all over the fucking planet. And we're over here just like sitting Gucci, smoking our weed, you know, you know, fucking each other and not giving a fuck about her, about planet, you know, like planet amazing mother earth. So I'm fucking sick of it. I'm just playing. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just like high and really want to stress that we got to do something guys. So this is something, right? So I found on Instagram, one of my favorite pages I follow um, for sustainability, um, it's called health.advisories. And this one, they featured this one post where they posted about scientists that discovered a mushroom that eats plants, I'm sorry, that eats plastic and and believe it could clean our landfills. So um, a mushroom called, oh Lord, have mercy this this word. All right, give me strength. Pestalotipis. Oh my god, that was horrible. Microspora. All right, you guys, I fucked that all up, but whatever. It's a really complicated name. So it's the name of the mushroom that is capable of eating plastic. It contains a chemical that breaks down polyurethane. Wow. The key ingredient in plastic and turns it into organic matter, which can potentially be used to clean up landfills. Question. Why the fuck don't we have a field that we're growing of these motherfuckers? That way we can do something about these landfills. Like, this is the first time I'm really hearing about anything that eats up plastic. I thought plastic was something that stayed on this planet forever and that we can't get rid of it. Like, literally, it's, it's, it's literally in, like, microplastics are in our food. You know, they're, in, they're literally in our the little tiny animals we eat. So, technically, we eat the plastics. Like... So to ha- this is huge, guys. Like having like something that eats and destroys plastic is something we need to fucking fun. Something we need to grow more of, and some mushrooms so we can just grow that. Um, yeah, honestly. Um, so yeah, it was a twenty. It, so it's been out since twenty twelve, y'all. It says the twenty twelve discovery by students at the Yale University. Uh, who found that a rare species of mushroom from the Amazon rainforest is capable of. Uh, of basically killing and eating on plastic alone. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's something that, oh, and it, it basically the mushroom can live without oxygen. Okay. Amazing. Which suggests enormous potential for feeding on and thus cleaning up landfills. Yeah. So once again, the nature holds the answer. Yeah. I mean, so basically like mother earth produced these sporas, these mushrooms, because she was like, damn, they have a lot of plastic in this bitch. And these fucking humans are horrible and they keep creating plastic. And I need to create something that's going to eat this shit up because I'm sick of it. It's just, it's, it's gross. It's just, it's lingering. It's getting into my oceans. My, my beautiful animals are eating it. So like, I need to get rid of it. So she created this amazing mushroom. So shout out to Mother Earth you know, solving our, you know, the humans problems that we've created for us. Um, I still think we need a lot more help because evil runs this planet. So anyways, 
more so much negativity and chaos. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, but yeah, but before, um, I just wanted to briefly dive into recycling in the news just because there were a few things that I was like, oh my God, I got to talk to on the podcast. This is crazy. Shit is wild out here in these streets. Um, first of all, I just wanted to do be a little positive real quick. Megan the Stallion, Megan the Stallion is the shit. I love her so much. I'm obsessed with her. She's amazing. She literally owns franchises of Popeyes. Okay, guys. She literally is doing what I want to do. I want to own a Popeyes. I've always said that uh, because I stand Popeyes and I don't give a fuck. It's delicious chicken. I love it. The sides are amazing. Fight with me. Um, she has her own hottie sauce at Popeyes. You guys, I'm fully, there's only one reason why I haven't gone to Popeye's yet to get in is because I've been super busy and I was in Puerto Rico. So, which is not an excuse either because they do have Popeye's in Puerto Rico. So I'm slacking, but what I need to do immediately is go get me some hottie sauce from Popeye's because Megan the Stallion is the shit. She owns franchises of Popeye's. She literally is like doing huge things. And not only that, she actually graduated recently as well. Megan the Stallion, this is a, according to CNN.com, Megan the Stallion um, celebrating college um, graduation. The Grammy winning rapper um, shared her photos of her beda- beda- uh, bedazzled graduation caps recently. And she says, 2021, finna graduate college. You know, um, she was just like, Posting it that she she graduated from um, an HBCU, which is awesome, Texas um, Southern University, with a bachelor's degree in health administration. So, I mean, I just admire this so much because she is out here. I mean, when I tell you she is booked and busy, she is doing performances down. Like, I've been seeing all her posts because I follow her because I'm obsessed with her. Um, She's performing all the time. So the fact that she's, like, out here performing, doing campaigns with Popeyes, you know, and then also still going to school and graduating with a degree. She's amazing. Like she's literally my hero. And, and apparently, you know, she, she really wants to focus her. She said she wanted to finish her degree because she really wants her mom to be proud of her. Cause if you guys didn't know, um, her mother, Holly, Holly Thomas was her name. She died in March, 2019. Um, with the battle with brain cancer. Wow, what a horrible, that's so awful. Um, but yeah, she really wants to um, kind of like use that, use the, the knowledge that she has from her degree and she wants to create some sort of mental health, I can think facility of some sort. Like she wants to like focus on mental health in the, the black and like, like in the black community, which is amazing, you know, and so good, so good on her for doing that. Because that's something we need to see more of. So I just wanted to shout out Megan Thee Stallion real quick because I love her fucking down. Um, Next, quickly, I really want to talk about what happened with um, Alec Baldwin on the set of Rust. So basically, right, this is uh, according to the the cut.com. If you guys haven't heard, this story is really sad. Um, This really happened. So this is a a real thing. But apparently they're shooting this um, show or series called Rust. Oh, or I think it's a movie, actually. I'm sorry. It's a movie called Rust. It's like a Western-themed movie. Alec Baldwin is, Alec Baldwin is you know, the, one of the lead characters, if not the lead character in the, in the show. Um, and basically, on set, there was an accident where the protocols were not followed through when it came to handling um, weapons on set, and uh, a woman died. Um, and the, the saddest thing was Alec Baldwin shot the woman, um, because she, he thought that it was um, the weapon was not 
um, you know, fireball. It was, they called it a cold weapon. Like usually in that sense of when they pass that along, because it basically like, okay guys. And what's, what's really shocking about this is because there are several different protocols that you have to go through when there's live, when there's ammunition on set. Right. Uh, And I know this because my partner, you know, producer Rick, he actually works on the show. He's been working on the show Chicago PD now for the past, I mean, seven years. So he knows this really well. And so literally when they have, um, guns on set, he tells me that, you know, there's an armor on set, um, like a weapons specialist, so to speak, whatever. Um, they check the, the gun, to make sure that there's, you know, um, it's it's cold, meaning there's not it's not there's not loaded um, ammunition, you know, in the gun. Um, they usually put like blanks in the gun, um, so when you shoot it, it's not going to actually injure anybody. It's it's empty, right? Um, so that person checks the gun. Then, from what I'm telling, from what, I- what he was telling me, that the assistant uh, manager um, or the uh, the not the assistant manager. Wow. Um, the assistant director will check the gun as well. Look at the uh, open, look at the literally look and see if it's loaded or not. Open the gun, close it. And then it's supposed to be handed off to, um, I believe the armorer again, where they do the same thing. They check it again. And then, then it's passed off to, um, actually I think I had that flipped. I think it was like, there's at least two different people, the gun specialists that check the gun, then the um, assistant director checks the gun, and then basically from there, then they pass the gun on to the actor, which the actor is actually supposed to check the gun as well. So there's several protocols um, to be you know, taken on set when there's, live, when there's ammunition, um, especially if it's, if it's a real gun. It was a real gun, but basically what, was hap- what happened was none of those protocols were followed. And it got through that many people when, and then got to Alec Baldwin's hands. And then, you know, obviously he didn't check it himself. Otherwise he would have found that it was, it was loaded with live, with live bullets and not, um, you know, blanks or, or, or anything or empty. And he proceeded to, I believe, I guess he was, uh, rehearsing. Um, and then he shot one of the, um, directors of photography. So it's, it's really sad because not only, you know, has a woman has literally died, um, you know, from, from an accident in a sense, from her being at work. So her name was uh, Haina Hutchins and she was a cinematographer on this movie. Um, and so basically, you know, she was, she was shot. And then also uh, director Joel Souza was um, sustained injuries as well and was hospitalized. So, this was really serious guys. And it was really scary. And I'm, I mean, like I like Alec Baldwin a lot. Like I really do. He's a great actor and he's hilarious to me. And so I felt bad for him too. I was like, dude, like he's how traumatized would you be as an actor? Like I wouldn't want to pick a fucking gun up at all anymore. Like even if you know, like I'd be like, Jesus Christ, like this is, it's fucking crazy. You know, I just killed somebody not intentionally, but accidentally, you know, because I didn't know, but it was sad to me that all those protocols were not taken through and it got to his hands and then it still proceeded to where they still shot and killed somebody. It's just, it's really sad guys. And you know what though? I will say that, uh, and this is something that has affected, you know, our household because I guess, you know, again, producer Rick is in the, um, filming industry. He is, you know, a part of the union, 
um, when it comes to like, you know, the, the crew side, like right now he's, a, he's an electrician on set. Um, but he's done where he's, he wants to, you know, he wants to direct his own movies and that's his goal. You know what I mean? So he wants to be a director. So he's kind of like working different jobs all around in the industry, um, to get all the knowledge he can. And so when it comes to this, the industry is not okay because, um, there's a strike that's um, they've been kind of like talking about on a massive scale. So basically, long story short, the cameramen, the set of the cameramen um, wanted to strike um, because basically they're, they're, they're not feeling that it's, it's getting ridiculous to the sense where they're working really long hours. Um, when COVID happened, they were claiming that, oh, my God, COVID's not going to affect the job. Don't worry. It's made the job even harder and more strenuous. I mean, my partner, Ricky, he has to get tested like two to three times a week um, just to work, right? Because of, you know, obviously they have to make sure everybody's got, you know, not have, that doesn't have, that I can't speak, that doesn't have COVID so they can actually, you know, work. So they have to do all that. And then on top of that, there's just a lot of like, from what I'm gathering, like, like things like, like projects and companies that are popping up that are able to bypass a lot of the the union rules. Um, so for example, like, you know, this is, I don't know the exact time frame, but there needs to be a union rule. There should be an allotted time of, uh, like an hour limit, um, where there needs to be a space for, you know, the crew and cast to actually rest before they have to be back on set. So like, I mean, you guys, if you guys don't know, the average time to be on set for a day's work is about 12 to 14 hours. So they usually will work that and then, you know, go to sleep. But then like the union rules are they have to have a certain amount of like rest in between those hours and uh, certain filming and certain production companies um, were able to bypass those union laws. So, I mean, for example, um, my partner, Rick, was on set, you know, um, yeah, he was on set. He did a pilot. I don't want to say the name or anything, but he did a pilot. It was supposed to be done. He told me basically like this pilot should have been like, you know, almost two months worth of work and they got it down to like three weeks, but they did that by cutting on these corners. I mean, there was days where he literally like would work like 18 hours or whatever, and then come back home for like two, three, four hours and then go right back on set and do it again. Like I didn't see, he was a zombie for that month. Like it was crazy and they got away with it. And so I guess uh, what's happening is that they're wanting to stand up for it because they don't want this to continue. Um, they, when, when COVID happened and we all shut down, like, I think that a lot of people, either they broke up, right? People also, you know, were like, damn, I hate you, motherfucker. Like, get away from me. Um, when you were at home with your partner or whatever, your wife or kid or whoever. But there was a lot of people also that were like, wow, I love being at home. I love my family. I want to, I value this time. And so they're starting to see that. And so they're starting to see that when they're on set for 15, 16, 18 hours a day or whatever have you, and then having to go home, like drive home, sleep for a few, you know, a little bit and then get up in the morning and do it right again. Like they're not actually, you know, spending time with their families. You know, they, they, they're like not enjoying life fully, you know? So they, they want to stand up for that and be like, Hey, we'd love to do this job, but we also would love to see our families and have it be fair and not have us be dog tired and struggling to keep our eyes open because you literally haven't given us time to rest in this call sheet. Like it makes no sense. So long story short with that, I think that also apparently, you know, there, there were talks that like a lot of the, the, the crew members on this, the set of this movie rust 
have had walkouts because it was just so many things were happening where they weren't being respected or so to speak, or protocols weren't being followed in other departments of the, of the, you know, the movie as well. So this, you know, shit has been going down on the set for a while. So like in a sense of like the accident with Alec Baldwin, it's showing, it's showing everyone in this industry that, you know, in the filming industry that like, it's gotten to the point now where we really do need to kind of like step back and be like, all right, maybe we're pushing things too much. You know, we literally missed all those protocols to find a, a fired, a fireable weapon. And we missed all of it and killed somebody like, it's not okay, you know, literally. And so, you know, the union, um, for the, I think the most current state of like, whether the union is going to strike or not, is that there's still in negotiations. Um, the union, is so um i mean my partner's on standby he's still working but at the same time he also you know knows that there's a possibility of a big strike happening but it needs to happen if if it needs to be fair you know and so that and that's what unions are for right so so yeah guys that's what's happening if you guys didn't know um there's several articles about it guys you could just literally google you know um filming industry um union um I, i don't know the Literally, I don't know the like, you know, the local four four whatever the fuck the, the unions are called, but you can. It's literally the biggest one. It's all of the filming. So like, basically, if long if you know if the if the cameramen, because I guess because they are they all have different unions, guys. Like, it's not just like one union. Like, you know, there's unions for the, there's a union for the actors, but then the, in the crew side, there's unions for the directors. There's unions for the electricians. There's unions for the cameramen. There's unions for the you know the grips. Like it's all sp- spread out, so to speak, but not really. Like they all need each other. They all need to work together to get the job done. So when the cameramen strike, that's literally it. Like no one can work if the cameramen strike. So that's why the cameramen were the ones that that were cho- that were going to strike because that would force everything to shut down. So it would be a bigger, you know, impact to show the world that, hey, we're fucking tired. This is, this is, it needs to stop. You know what I mean? So yeah, guys, but that's it. I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because that's something that has been on my mind and it's big in the news. And I definitely wanted to talk about that um, a little on the show before uh, I bring in our amazing guests because I am really excited, guys. Like you have no idea. Like this is be, and you know I want. I'm I'm excited to start sharing more. You know, more more of the world of pole because there's a lot of juiciness there. <laughs> and uh, I mean, come on, guys, pole dancers. Yeah, like that's juice, duh. But um, she's amazing. Like I said, she wrote a, she's an author. She wrote a book. She's like talking about, you know, in the process of creating her own like movies and films and series. It's like, it's, it's, it's amazing. Right. So let's just stop. I'm going to stop fucking talking so we can take a quick break. And then when we come back from the break, we're going to introduce Nikki St. John from Pole Dance Nation. We'll be right back. And we, and we will be right back, be right back after, after these detailed messages. And we are back, everyone. I am so fucking excited right now. We have a guest kind of joining us to the show. You guys, I've been trying to set this up for some time now. And obviously, you know, with life, we got busy schedules, but we finally have Nikki St. John, the founder of 
Pole Dance Nation on the show. Nikki, can you introduce yourself? Hey, to everybody. Yes. She's over <laughs> here looking so beautiful. We yeah, thank so you. Thank so you. you. So do you with that blonde. It's, uh, bringing out your face. I love it. You know um, what I'm saying? <laughs> I had to like yes. bring it out a little bit, but you got that face. You beat that face for us. So I appreciate you. Actually, no, I didn't. So like, you're just okay. beautiful by, its, by itself. Are you kidding me? No, no, listen, I got to let y'all in on a little secret, right? So for those who are watching on YouTube, there's a feature on Zoom where you can, um, I I forgot exactly what it's called, but you can like make your face look smoother. So but you didn't. So I kept, I kept it real. Like I wouldn't have on foundation. I just did the brows like touched them up a little bit, put the lashes on with the little liner and glass. And I kept it. So there's a filter on Zoom now? Yes, girl. Girl, I'm late. I'm late. It's I don't even know like, where it's at. It's not like a full filter like you have on like TikTok or, you know, um, uh, stories or whatever. But it's yeah. something like, it just kind of like makes your face like look really bright and fresh and just like uniform. So it's all like one color. You can't see, you know, all the blemishes and stuff. Well, I, I mean, filter or not, you're beautiful. So whatever. But I appreciate you putting it together, get, joining us on the show. Um, I'm excited, guys, because I really wanted to bring in different perspectives on the show, um, talk about topics. Pole dancing is something near and dear to my heart, and so it is, and it is also obviously to Nikki. So um, I wanted to kind of like t- dive into that world a little bit um, and the background of pole. And But really, first and foremost, I really want to get to know Nikki better. And uh, she is the founder of Black... Um, sorry, sorry, she is the founder of Pole Dance Nation. So I wanted to get to know her and then also introduce her storyline, you know, where it started. Um, I've been following since I started poll. So, um, and I know a lot of people out there follow your page. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself in that sense? Sure. Okay. So, um, I first started pole dancing in the strip club. Um, you know, I was dancing for a while and I had moved down to Atlanta and I was just like really intimidated by these girls in the club because like, I have never been the best dancer. Like I struggle to stay on beat and like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like I, I, I trip over everything. Like I'm super clumsy. Right. So, um, someone suggested I take a pole class and I did, I went to vertical Joe's, which is also owned by a black woman here in Atlanta, my girl fire started and I just love it was just it was just so much fun like I always wanted to do gymnastics when I was a kid and I did for a while but you know it became too expensive for you know my parents to keep up with so doing pole to me it was like an adult version of gymnastics like I was able to do all those things that I wanted to do but I never got to do um and every time I went into pole class and I learned something new it was just like Wow. You know, like it was an amazing feeling when you learn a trick and then it pushes you to just keep going and learn more and more and more. And I've always loved like performing and being on stage in front of people. But, you know, I couldn't really dance, you know, girl. No, no, seriously. I used to get laughed at all the time because I could not dance. And sometimes. Yeah, sometimes people still do laugh at me, but I'm like, listen, bitch. <laughs> but I still did this tour and I did that tour and I did that tour. So something has to be said about people who can't dance. I think it's about like, you know, how bad you want it, you know? Oh, so, true. So, yeah, and I still get off beat sometimes, but I get right back on that bitch. I'll find it in a minute. Oh, so, uh, well, <laughs> no, first I, of all, you can twerk, though. I've seen that, definitely. 
Well, here's the thing. When I first started dancing, this was another thing. Like, I I remember I was in Miami at the time. Um, and one of my friends introduced me to one of those dudes that's in the club, you know, like a big money dude or whatever. And she's like, yeah, he's going to spend thousands, da, da, da. So she brought me over there. And he's like, oh, wow. Like, she, she, she beautiful, da, da. So he's like, go on, go, go dance. And, like, then I started seeing his face and his friends' faces. And I already knew what was happening. And the guy was like, listen he gave me some money. He's like, listen, I, I would dance you all night. You know, you're, you're pretty as fuck, but you can't dance. <gasps> and it was like, right. So me being a black girl and working in black clubs, it was just frustrating all the time because I would hear that from everybody. Like you can't dance. Are so you ass? I'm so no, serious. I'm so serious. I was like, so determined to learn how to dance. And, you know, I bought like this big mirror at the time I was, um, I, I was in school. I was at Howard University. Right. So I bought this big mirror and I put it in my dorm room and I would just spend hours practicing, 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 because I was like, I was determined to learn how to dance. Cause I saw how much money she made, how much money everyone else was making. And I just, I couldn't get there. Cause you know, I wasn't a great dancer so I, I started getting frustrated with the black clubs at that time because you know I kept getting that you can't dance you can't dance you can't dance so I went to the white clubs which mm. was uh, it was a completely different experience because they were like oh my god you're such a great dancer and I was like girl <laughs> yeah you know I'll take that shout out to you the know? white people with no rhythm you know <laughs> But, but it, it was working for me. So like, you know, while I was practicing and stuff like that, this is before I even got in a pole. I'm just working on like twerking and okay. I would see like the white girls doing, you know, their stuff on stage with the pole. So, you know, there's, there's also a big difference between the black club and the white club. Right. And there are girls who, or there are strippers who can dance at the white club, but the dance style is different. Okay. So that's the kind of style that I learned first. And then you know, when I, once I became comfortable with that style, <coughs> excuse me. Bless you, bless you. <coughs> Can you elaborate though on like what the style mainly is? Like what's like, what would you say is the style of the white club compared to the black clubs? Like, okay, like, so after white yeah. Well, well, okay. White clubs are broken down in different sections now because okay. I've worked at white clubs that don't even have a pole, that don't allow you to get on the floor. So it's not really much you can do, but just kind of sit up there and sway or like, you know, try to be cute somehow or really, you know, dance. And I've also worked at white clubs where it's like, okay, um, you know, they have a pole, the, the, the dancers, you know, try their best to put on a show. And, you know, some of them, just like any other club, you have some who, who are better at dancing. Excuse me. I don't know what's going on today. You have some who are, you know, not so good, just like in a black club or whatever. But, you know, there's some that put on a show and, um, you know, may not necessarily be going to pole, but they're good at the floor work. And it's like ah. real slow and sexy and sensual. Okay. And then you have some that do the pole. So the first time I saw like a, a, a stripper in a strip club, doing like major pole tricks was in Vegas and I was just in really? awe I was like this is stuff like I had never seen but now this is the stuff that I see on or on social media regularly like the type of stuff I post on Pole Dance Nation like those strength moves and she wasn't really doing like a lot of sensual like floor work or anything but it was just more so pole it was just like trick after the trick tricks after okay trick. right and, yeah, and I don't know exactly who that dancer was, but I really wouldn't be surprised if it was Fanya because ah. I have never, ever, ever, ever seen anything like this. Well, and she's then, one of the OGs, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I, um, 
okay, once I learned kind of, I started kind of going bouncing back and forth from the black clubs to the white clubs. So I was always getting fired at the white clubs. Oh. And that I'm, I'm going to save that for one of your questions that you have about the, the racism in whole. But um, when, when I would go to the black clubs, you know, now that I had some type of base of a style, I started picking up like the moves that the black girls were doing. And I feel like the difference with the black clubs is it's more so the style is more twerk and pole, which is a style that has become my favorite style. Um, you know, you give a little pole tricks or, and then you do a lot of twerking and some oh, yeah. dancers at the black clubs don't even do pole. You know, it's just all about oh. twerking. And I've okay. also worked at black clubs that don't have poles. So you can't okay. do pole. The only thing you okay. can do is twerk. So, um, yeah. So does that answer your question? Yeah, girl. I, no, you, you, that was amazing. I appreciate all that information. It sounds like you've kind of, you've, you know, been to a lot, you've worked at a lot of different clubs, um, before. So do you know how many number of clubs you've actually, you've worked at in like, she's like, wait a minute now, let me hold it. You didn't, you didn't, this is one of the questions you didn't vet me. So let me count. <laughs> no, literally I have no idea. Really? Because, okay. Because I started dancing, um, and how do I put this? When I started dancing, I was in college and it was just okay. like, you know, I always wanted to try the next hottest club in the next club and I want to travel here and I want to travel there. And when you're young and you're broke, you know, one of the great ways that you can travel is because I could be like, okay, I want to go to this city. I want to see what it's like. And I'll just find a club over there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm like, okay, that club is cool. And then, you know, you would meet somebody, whether it was a customer or another dancer who'd be like, oh, you know, you should check out this club. So I would just bounce around all the Uh time. Like I really never had like a home club. It wasn't until like, you know, I got older and I was just like, you know what? I don't really feel like doing all this bouncing around, you okay. know? I, I just, I want to kind of like stay put and work on other things. But it was just like, when I first started, like the lifestyle was just so fun. It's just like, let me just pick up and go when I want to go. And, you know, I work when I want to work. And, you know, it was uh, just that, that freedom, whole, that freedom. Yeah. Hell yeah, girl. Yes, that freedom. Exactly. Because when I started dancing, I had three jobs. And I was in college full time <sighs> and I was on the honor roll. So, yes. you know, it, what were you going to school for? What was your major? I, Just curious. Uh, I have a bachelor in fine arts and theater from Howard. Very nice. Okay. That's mm-hmm. what's up. So, and then, okay. So that's a great segue. So you said you have a fine arts and theater. So you actually, so you're an actor as well and you have experience with acting. And so, yeah, tell us a little bit about more about that. Have you been featured in anything that we can find you at or? Well, okay. So I... <laughs> This, this is how I actually started Pole Dance Nation, okay? So I was acting and, you know, I was in New York and, you know, things just weren't really working out for me because in the industry, it's like they want everyone to fit into a box. And I never really felt fit neatly into anyone's box. Either I was like too, I, I wasn't, I wasn't skinny enough or I wasn't ghetto enough or it was just, it was just always something. I was never enough, right? Mm-hmm. So one of our professors at Howard University, she always told us that, um, you know, as a black person, you have to create a lot of opportunities for yourself. And I wanted to write a script, but I didn't really have any connections in the industry like that. I didn't really know how to go about getting it promoted. Now, this is before like YouTube blew up, you mm. know, what I'm saying, the way that it did, because I wrote my book. I, I think I had it published in 2014, I believe. 
2014? Yeah. So I, I wrote the story and I was like, well, you know what? Tyler Perry was doing his thing with like the stage plays and all that. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I could start with a book because initially okay. I wanted to do a play, but I didn't really have the resources to get that done. I really didn't know how to go about doing it. So I was like, well, let me just start somewhere. So I started with writing a book and I was like, well, you know, if I tell this story, you know, and it's a good story, I'm sure that people are going to gravitate towards it and maybe some other opportunities will come about. Mm-hmm. I had never wrote a book before. Shout out to you, girl. Yeah, it's a huge accomplishment. I that's my one of my goals too is to write a book. Yeah. It's hard. Shout Listen, out to you. It is. It is. And yeah. I didn't know anything about it, so I didn't know how long it was going to take. Mm. And you know, I suggest for everyone out there, Kimbo, you yes. too, yeah, who wants to write write a book, like check out some blogs and stuff before you okay. do it about formatting and promotion and you know all that stuff, so you okay. don't do what I did and make the mistake I did and waste a lot of time writing something and then not really promoting it properly. So it doesn't reach a lot of people. So anyway, I wrote the book and I had a a character in there that I wanted to play. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go ahead and play this character or whatever. And that was going to be my big break, you know? So when I wrote the book, um, I didn't really know how to promote it. Uh, like I said, I didn't do my research. So a friend suggested, like, why don't you start social like a social media page? Now oh. Instagram had been out for maybe about like a year at that time. So oh. I was like, okay, let's give it a try. I mean, I didn't know what else to do, right? So I, was- <laughs> I love it. Fuck it, right? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> why don't you just target pole dancers because your book is about pole dancing. Now for everyone out there who has a business, it doesn't matter what business you have. I learned this years later. You have to figure out what your customer avatar is going to be just Mm. because for instance, just because I have a book about pole dancing doesn't mean that pole dancers are going to be interested in reading it because every pole dancer might not want to read. Right. So once again, do your research. If you learn anything from this podcast, do your research. Okay. Y'all heard it, right? (laughs) I love it. So, um, yeah. So I, I wrote the book. Um, I created the Instagram page. And at the time that I released it, it had like 30,000 followers. And the book shot up to a number one most downloaded book on Amazon. That first yes! yes, but no, because, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, why don't you just give it away for free? Once again, I'm listening to my friends who uh... do not have businesses. Instead of doing my research. So I did. I did give away for free. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, it reached the top slot. But mm-hmm. I made no money from it. I and it, it didn't leave me with money to, to take in, to go ahead and spend on promotions and stuff like that. Whereas even if you release it for like a dollar, it'll still like keep it up in the chart. So it makes it easier for people to see you and buy it after like that promotional period is ended. And then you mm-hmm. still have some money in your pocket to spend on like marketing and promotions. Yeah. Super interesting. Super interesting. I didn't, I mean, thank you so much for sharing your journey with that because I had no idea like that's, you know, in a sense, like that's what it took for your book to go out there and be downloaded as much as it did. And then you guys, you know, Pole Dance Nation, if you guys are not familiar with Pole Dance Nation, she's got currently 214K followers right now. So it's a huge platform. I mean, literally, I don't know any pole dancer that doesn't follow Pole Dance Nation. It's it's one of those, it's one of those um those pages that every pole dance oh every pole dancer follows and then tags because you've you've allowed that platform to be there for us to and you were sharing people's like, you know, um, which is great because it's a very it's a community, right? Pole dancing is a community and 
that's where we would go on, you know, on Instagram and we would see each other, you know, everybody's posts and see what tricks they're trying out and what dances they're doing and be inspired with everybody, you know, it was a community. It's something that we all shared together. So with Pole Dance Nation, you know, I, I was really excited that it was ran by a black woman. Like I just was really, really excited because, and as you know, you know, we can segue that into one of the questions that I had for you. Um, Cause basically when it comes to Pole Dance Nation, right? When you started Pole Dance Nation, did you, did you also start it because you also maybe didn't see people like us, like in that, in that platform, like pole was very, I thought it was very white when I first started, you know, I didn't really see people like myself doing pole. Like I didn't see black women with curves, ass, titties, all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what did you, th- what do you think? Like, th- was that something that you saw prevalently or, or no? It wasn't even something that I considered when I started the platform. You know, it was all okay. about look and really about telling this story. And okay. I didn't know how else to promote it. And also my experience um, as far as pole being a white space was very different because I wasn't going to the competitions. I wasn't going mm. to these conferences. I was one of those dancers. I'm in a club, bitch. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to make a bag, you know, and I'm going to pole class because I need to learn tricks. It's going to make me look good on stage. It's going to make people want to tip me. And okay. when I'm going to my pole classes at my pole studio which is predominantly black everyone in there looks like me so I never knew that it was such like a divide until you know I got into the back end of things and you know was really building pole dance station and was posting and started seeing you know there was discrepancies with these analytics you know oh girl Um, the analytics please right so so and the analytics it's like a two-fold thing because for instance, when you post, if you have like a creator or a business account, you can see your insights. So you right. can see which posts, you know, generated the most likes, comments, shares, and so on, right? So what I noticed was whenever I posted people who look like me, it would be the ones that would get the least amount of, you know, interaction uh, and the least amount of positive comments or the, or I would say the most amount of negative comments. And I'm just like, hmm. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? And, you know, I, like, like you said, I've heard people saying it was a white space, but I was confined at the, the time I was in mostly black clubs and I was going to predominantly black studios. Mm. So I didn't really have any interaction outside of what I'm posting on my social media pages with people who don't really look like me. So I was oblivious to this. Wow. whole thing. So it, it really I really started noticing it when people were saying, you know, like making comments on the post. And then, you know, I started analyzing the data. Um, There's a lot of ways that you could do that with with different platforms. Like you could go in and look at your, you know, your most liked posts for the year or for whatever timeframe that you choose. And what I noticed was the posts that got the most positive interaction and the most comments, all of that stuff were from, white appearing pole dancers Mm -hmm. not necessarily they were white but they appeared to be white right Mm -hmm. and then in the second tier that got the the second most amount of likes it was like kind of like a a chunk of people who either appeared to be hispanic asian and then you would have some black women in there but they had to have more so of a mainstream acceptable body type like Mm -hmm. slim or like you know big breasts you know ass couldn't be too big and the skin couldn't be too dark interesting wow once i started posting or or i noticed like the third tier was people who look more so like me and you know I don't 
don't know how it's been with you and your family and your friends, but I know for me, a lot of my my people were always like, you know, do you really have to like put yourself out there? Because, you know, people might not want to to support you if they know that you're black. Like, do you really have to be the face of your company? Wow. So, you know, I thought about that. And, you know, I had so many black friends that have businesses that, you know, we've had this, I've had this discussion with, and they're like, yeah. you know, I don't really feel comfortable, like making it about me. And some of them, you know, it's just, they, they're not, they don't like being in front of the camera, which is fine. True. Right. But some of them were just more so like, yeah, you know, I just know how it is. And I, I'd rather it just look like I don't know in the company. So for a while, I kind of like, it's not that I didn't want to put myself out there, but I got negative reactions when I did, which really bad about myself. You know, so I didn't really, I wasn't enthusiastic to post myself anymore. Like, you know, when I first started, you know, I would slip in my posts every now and then, like when I got in the move and I was excited about it. But when you get a bunch of comments, like emojis throwing up or like negative comments or like I'm fat or, um, you know, whatever, it just kind of makes you not really want to share your experience and your journey. And the last straw came for me when we were in quarantine and you know the clubs were closed down and I was like you know what I wasn't making any money but you know I was like you know what let me go ahead and teach these these classes and you know like I said I love to work in pole so I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna teach something like that so I posted a video of myself and I you know put the information about the class down below and you guess what happened next? <laughs> oh, oh my God, what happened? So it actually ended up being one of the most shared videos that I ever posted, but not okay. in a positive way. Really? I had so many negative comments. Like there were white people telling me I don't know how to twerk and I need to teach. Te- I'm sorry, the fuck? Um, <laughs> Yeah, they were naming all these white women that I need to take lessons from so that I could learn how to twerk. I was livid and I read every single one of them. And then it was like, you know, they were talking about how, you know, they don't want to see this type of stuff in pole dance nation. And, you know, it just looks so ghetto and it looks like trash. And I'm like, hold on. I was doing like um, a, a twerk class. It was like kind of like a beginner twerk class. So it was more like twerk and pole flow. And I didn't see any difference from it than like when people do like low flow or just mm-hmm. like flow or whatever but they're like oh you're not doing anything you're just leaning against the pole but when the russian girls get and twist and turn and do all this stuff and they haven't really done any complicated tricks it's like y'all are praising them so i asked i was like i asked one person in particular i said what what is it about this post that you really don't like is it because i'm black is it because i am not skinny or, or, or what is the problem? And then I got attacked. They're like, oh, why does it have to be a racial thing? And that's um, when I hit them back with um, the data, bitch. Like, I mm-hmm. run this page. I see the data all the time. And it wasn't until I said, oh, well, you know, I can look at the data. I can look at my insights. And I can see that when I post myself or people who look like me, you guys have negative comments and you don't interact positively Mm -hmm. and it was just like I was just being attacked on all angles and you know I had wanted to rebrand pole dance nation for a long time because I'd always wanted it to be more reflective of the story that I told in the pole dancer book you know like a place where 
you know, when you go to the pole studio, you don't just have pole classes. But for some reason, people thought, and maybe, you know, it was my fault because I didn't make myself clear enough, but it's not all about pole, da- pole classes. Like, to be a well-rounded pole dancer, you need to take twerk, you need to take heels, you need to take floor work, chairs. Yoga. Other, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, strength, fl- flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to take all those type of classes to be a well-rounded dancer. Mm-hmm. So... That's what I've been restructuring into now. And um, I'm reintroducing the new classes on Pole Dance Nation with twerk classes. So I, I'm guessing yeah, it's going to be a lot of more upset. But, you know, what I've learned through, like, branding and marketing and taking classes and that is that, you know, everything's not for everybody. And that's just not for tribe. And, you know, a lot of people will get on here and threaten, well, I'll unfollow you. Okay, bitch, bye. You know, bye. this is not good. <laughs> Not you know, and, and not only that, but like you said, I have over 200,000 followers. Everything is not going to be for everybody. Yes. Maybe the twerk post is going to relate to Kimbo and people like her. You know, maybe the heels post is going to relate to Anna and people like her. And it's OK. It's just like when you go to a studio, if there's a class that you are not interested in, you just don't sign up for it. But you don't sit up here and petition for the right. post to come down because you don't like it. But for some reason, I have um, collected followers that feel like that's what they want to do. So I'm just setting a new tone for the brand and really, you know, staying true to my message and what I want to deliver. And I'm going to be posting a lot more videos and photos of myself. And for those who don't like it, you know, other accounts that you can follow. Okay. Okay. And that's well, I, I thank you so much for being so transparent about your journey because, you know, when I first started uh, following your page, you know, it did, it was one of those where, you know, it, it was all inclusive. I felt like it was so inclusive, you know, and then in the beginning, I didn't know who was running Pole Dance Nation. I really didn't because you, you kept it that way. You were like, you know, what? I just wanted to be about the page in the sense of like, I don't need it to be about, okay, a black woman's running it. So, cause obviously exactly what happened when you showed your face and showed who was running black girls, uh, sorry, um, pole dance nation, really honestly, people that don't support us in that sense, and they don't want to see, you know, black women on the pole, or they think it's ghetto or they don't like our body type and things like that. They, they don't want to support it. And then the thing is like the pole pole dancing already has a stigma already in a sense of like, we're still working through like, you know, people saying, oh my gosh, pole, mm, you know, like, that, you know, and that's the thing. It's got such this like stigma, but it's like, it's also divided too, because there are people that like, there's people, there are pole dancers that believe, oh my God, I'm a pole dancer. I'm not a stripper. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they want that separation, which I'm sorry. You know, I'm very pro-sex work over here. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, we got to pay homage. Like, why the fuck else are you on the pole? Like, this is exactly where it came from. You know what I mean? The strip club, you know? So like, paying homage to where it came from, where pole came from, you know what I mean? And then there was all this divide between like, I, I use pole, you know, and then there are, there are other people there. Like I use pole for fitness. I use pole for training. You know, I use pole for compete competing. I use pole for dancing. I use pole to train for my work, which is I'm a dancer. I'm a, I'm a stripper. I'm a sex worker, like things like that. It, there's all, it's all, it's all encompassing. And like, I don't understand why there has to be this divide, right? There has to be right. that, you know? And, and so I wanted to, with that segue in that, in a sense, you know, did you feel like, you know, when it came down to going to different studios or like, you know, I mean, like you said, you went to predominantly black, you know, st- studios to train and things like that. So did you, you never felt like a, 
was there always a sense of like camaraderie amongst the women? Like, were you, were there? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's awesome. that was one thing that was amazing to me because a lot of the people that I became friends with, I was hanging out with, um, and it just showed me so much love. They are never people that I would have like been friends with in real life if it wasn't for the pole studio. But because we had this whole thing in common, it was easy for us to find other commonalities or even mm-hmm. say, okay, well, you know, that's not really my thing, but if it's yours, I support you. And right. I have never, I've never been the one to have a lot of female friends. Okay. So this was the first time that I had so many women that I was actually getting along with. It was <laughs> It was just crazy to me. I was like, wait, what? Y'all are, y'all, really? Like, y'all are supporting stuff? Like, we're not That's arguing? Right. Like, it, yeah. I've always been the one. I had a lot of male friends. It was just never, like, a, a female friend thing. So that what's was- your that, sign, by any, by, What's your I'm sign? I'm a Virgo. You're a Virgo. Okay. When's your birthday? September 13th. September 13th. Okay, cool. Uh, do you know your birth chart, by any chance? Yes, girl. What's your I birth chart? You. What's I'm always I'm like one of those like I love reading people's birth charts and trying to figure them out. So I'm pretty much a Virgo everything except for Moon is in Gemini. And oh, my Moon's in Gemini. Cute. Mm-hmm. What about your rising? Virgo. Virgo rising, Virgo sun, and then your Moon's in Gemini. Uh huh. Interesting. Yeah, and I think it's like a cup. A- it's like two more things, but pretty much yeah. everything is just straight Virgo, 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 Virgo. Wow. So you're like a true Virgo. Really? That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Which is sign? Which one? Which is sign? I'm a, sun is Taurus. So I'm a Taurus bull, stubborn bull. Oh, okay. I was May, May 6th. And then my moon is Gemini and then I'm rising Gemini. So I have a lot of Gemini qualities in that sense. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I worked really hard to get through the little, you know, the, what do you call it? Like, you know, Tauruses are known for be stubborn, you know, very prideful, mm-hmm. things like that. And I, girl, I, oh, hell yeah. You know, that, that was in me, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you have to, you know, you got to, you know, self-work girl, you got to work that shit out. And, you know, I, I didn't want to be that stubborn, you know, you know, always scared of criticism and things like that. You got to grow, you got to, you got to grow. Yeah. So, and that's something I'm still working on. So that, that's, that's the thing is like, I, I love that. I'm just so curious because when you said that you didn't have a lot of women friends, you know, and you had a lot of male friends, I was just like, I wonder what her sign is. Because like, you know, I, I always I always wonder about that because I'm just like, I'm like, maybe it's like maybe a, like a women were were somewhat intimidated by you. And that's why they were like not, you know, like they didn't want to like, you know, be friends with you in the sense and the, once they get to know you, you're like, you're dope as fuck. Like, you know, you're actually like a really sweet person and super transparent, super inviting. Like, I don't, I never got that animosity. Yeah, thank you. you. So, no, yeah. I still don't really get along with a lot of women. Like, <laughs> once people get to, no, seriously, once people get to know me, it's like, okay, cool. But I don't know what it is that they think about me before they meet me. Like, I was just having this conversation with my friend the other day because, you know, I'm uh-huh. still in the club. And, you know, I was in a section and these girls, it was one, one dancer in particular. It was like, four dancers or and she cut out two other girls and it was like you know still four dancers than me and you know I'm sitting there talking to this guy and then two of his friends come up like you know she can't be in this because we're about to throw up the money and we only have to have four girls because the other girl told him to cut me out so I was like you know it's cool he, yeah he was like don't worry about it I, I, he, I'll, I'll cash up you so uh, what he cash at me let me tell you <laughs> What, what the girl, you know, did all this stuff trying to cut me out the pile. But what he cashed at me 
was like three times more than what any of them made individually. Oh, well, girl. So, well, and girl. I mean, and my friend was like, I don't understand why, well, like, dancers are, females are always trying to do this to you. I was like, girl, I don't be paying these hoes no mind. I just, That's you know, wild. I really want my money. But yeah, I just, I don't know. It's always been like that for me. But one thing that I did want to touch on that you were saying earlier, as far as like the, um, you know, how was it in the clubs? Yeah. Or, Okay, so I had a lot of women from the strip club actually come and support me when, you know, they wanted to come to the club. You know, they would bring their friends and, you know, they would really, really be supportive of what I was doing. Um, The thing that is kind of funny to me, though, is this whole divide between, you know, strippers uh, who pole dance and pole dancers who don't strip. Now I'm all for someone to be like, okay, yeah, I pole dance and I'm not a stripper. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing that bothers me is when you start putting us down, you know, because you got your whole style from us. So it's really appropriation if you think about it, because, you know, you're stealing a style or like even stealing a whole class. It's like, okay, we're going to go teach erotic pole today or exotic pole today, but we're not strippers and we don't fuck with strippers and we never be strippers. You know, like, where do you think that you got that shit from? Like, you know what I, I'm it never, it, it really honestly is so weird to me when I see women that say that and they're like half naked, like, you know, like the Russian girls like on the pole and they're like gyrating and they're like, and then they actually have the fucking nerve to be like, Oh, I'm not a stripper. And oh, sex workers. Oh my God. Like a oh, strippers. No, I don't, aso- don't associate me with that. Where the fuck did, why, why the fuck do you think you, what are you doing right now? Like my thing was my thing. Cause I, you know, I taught pole for like seven years. So like I would have, I would have, um, you know, my, well, some of my students were, a lot of my students were dancers and girl, I trained them and they went on the pole. They made money. They're like, Kimbo, Kimbo, look how much money I made last night. Girl, I got fucked up. Cause I was like, damn. You know what I'm saying? They came up, <laughs> I was like, shit, I need to be at the motherfucking club. Cause I'm like, these girls are coming out here, you know, showing me all the money they made. You know what I'm saying? I'm teaching them. And then I'm like, damn, like, but I was always so supportive. And I'm like, you know what, girl, you better do that. But the, I always knew for my, for me personally, I actually, when I, uh, cause I was living in Australia for a while and I, my funny story oh, yeah. with this. Yeah. So when I was living out there, girl, uh, I hit a point where I was like, girl, I need to get a job. I got these skills. I will, I'm gonna go work at the club. Girl, hey. they were not trying to have it for me, girl, out there. <laughs> Yes. I went out there. I applied. I, what do you call it? I did the audition or whatever. Like, girl, I took my clothes off. They looked me up and down. They're like, okay, we'll, we'll call you. Mm-hmm. And then girl, girl. Never, heard, never heard back. So, and, you know, and, yeah. and then, mind, mind you, when I, in Australia, because I lived in Melbourne, Australia, I, there was a specific type of woman at that club that was, you know what I'm saying, that they wanted, you know, the, the, girl, the, the blonde, blue, you know, whatever, you know, skinny, white girl look, or like the uh, you know, brunette, you know, white girl, you know, like there was one, there was like one black girl that was working there, but she was like Serena Williams. I mean, that bitch was like fucking in shape, beautiful, dark skin. I was like, girl, I can't compete with her. The fuck? Like, I was just like, um, okay. So, I mean, like that particular, I mean, like, I feel like maybe possibly if I, if I tried a little bit more of the different clubs, possibly I would have gotten more of a response, but I took that as like, you know what? Okay. Right now in my life, that's not where I need to be in that sense. But yeah, girl, it hurts. You're just kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm not good enough to be fucking running around here in the club, I guess. I don't know. 
So Girl, it, it don't have anything to do with you. It has something to do with the clubs and just being racist. And right. So then it, did you experience that? You, you said you were going to touch back on that when you were saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, experienced, I experienced a lot of that. But, okay. you know, it's just so funny that, you know, I wrote my book, Pole Dancer, right, back in 2014. And it's so funny that so many of these themes that I have in my book are still relevant today mm. like the whole thing with the strippers versus uh pole dancers you know and it, it's like when are we gonna get over this stuff girl you know and even with the the whole thing that you you were just talking about as far as you know the racism in the strip clubs it's just like doesn't this get old like don't y'all people want something different like, that's the thing well, like there's all different types of men like all different types, and they all like different types of women. So what? Who is to say that me being on the on the pole there, you know, with my thick thighs and everything, like who's to say there wouldn't be? I bet, girl, I bet you, I would have had a ton of men fucking giving me money. The, the funny fuck? thing is that like a lot of the clubs that I did not get hired at, literally. Like I remember once one club, mm-hmm. I walked in the door and it was just all white men as far as I could see, and I was like, ooh. I don't know if these guys are going to like me. This is what I was thinking. I wasn't necessarily thinking about the manager. I was thinking, do I really want to go through with this? Because I don't think they're going to like me. When I walked through that door, girl, every single one of the white men turned. I was like, are you I know that's right. You got to put on your clothes. You're getting dressed. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, that was completely unexpected for me. Okay. I was like, okay, we're going to make some money in here. <laughs> when I, I, got, I got to the manager and I had to audition. He was just like, no. What? And then I had to walk back out past all these guys. And I'm like, wait, you're not working. What happened? Like, and I have, I have, you know, it, it's just kind of like for me, it's always been one way or the other. Mm. Either I would get hired at the white club and I would not make any money because the customers weren't really feeling me, or I would get hired, I would clean the fuck up, and the management and the dancers would be pissed and they would find a way to get rid of me, fire what? me for a stupid reason because they'd be mad that someone who looked like me was making more money than them. And even the management, they didn't like that. They didn't like it that, you know, someone who looks like me can come in and make more money than these blonde hair, blue eyed girls who got like the titties done and, you know, like these skinny bodies. They they didn't like that. Well, you know, and and you know what, though, it's like at the end of the day, it's like the it's like your swag. It's like what you bring. Right. It's about selling yourself. Like it's like people don't understand that, you know, when you're when you're working like like, and that's the thing. It's like, I would have girls come to me, Kimbo, like, I can't, I wouldn't, I didn't make any money. Like, da, 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 you know, and I would be like, honey, boo, like you got, she, they weren't confident. They weren't feeling themselves. Like they would go in there. They were shy. You know, they didn't know any tricks on the pole. And it's like, girl, even if you don't believe it, you better sell it like you do. Period. You ain't going to make no money if you don't sell yourself. Right. Period. And so for you, you're out there, you're like, okay. And you out there selling, you're like, listen, I'm, I love myself. I'm out here. You know, and that's that's probably in a sense of like, because what what I feel like, because the hate is real, right? Because I've I've gotten a lot of hate. I'm not, you know I'm not a dancer in that sense. I I never dance in that sense, but I did get a lot of weird hate too in my sense, like that's kind of similar to you. And I never knew where it came from because I never was like that. I was always nice to everybody, right? But then it's like you kind of have to realize at the end of the day, it's a projection, right? Yeah. People see something in you that they don't. It, it triggers them. And so that way they're just kind of like, okay, well, well, fuck that bitch. Like, I don't, you know, I don't support her or whatever the fuck, you know, because of that. But, you know, I'm, I, it's, it's, it sucks, you know, and, and that's the saying, you're still, you said you still feel that stigma sometimes. You still feel that in, when you go to clubs or it's, is that? Oh, oh yeah, I still feel it. But, right. but here's the thing, you know, at some clubs, and it also depends on 
stirring in the energy of that club. You know, some people are really going to be welcoming. They're going to like you. They're going to want to work with you. You know, I've also gone into clubs and had like the most popular dancers be like, oh my God, we love you. Like, like come, come on stage with us. Let me introduce you to customers. But I've also gone to clubs and, you know, have bitches steal my clothes and like, uh, you know, try to get me fired and do like little petty things. You know, the, girl. Story, the craziest story that happened to me was in this one club um, in New York, right? So I went in and I had, I had cornrows, right? So the manager, you know, hired me. It it was a mixed club. And, you know, he, it happened to be that I went on the night with the white manager that loves black women, right? So I went in and got hired. And, you know, New York is notorious for like tipping the bartenders over the strippers and also for being real color struck, right? So I went in and got hired, whatever, right? Um, And then the owner came and saw me and I guess he didn't like what he saw so he's telling them like the manager you know whatever so he has to get rid of me so the um the manager comes back and was just like yeah you know we have too many girls right now and the girls are like oh that's bullshit they were like it's just because you're cornrows and mind you none of them were black they're all like take out your hair we'll make you know we'll make it like look pretty or whatever and I was just like I was just feeling some type of way so I was like fuck that shit so I left and then, you know, everyone kept telling me, just come back, come back. So I came back. And at the time, you know, I had my hair out and it was like really, really long. The same owner who didn't want me there would not leave me alone all night. He was what following the me. Fuck? Like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Nothing changed about me except my hair. Wow. So it just shows you how dumb, you know, the whole perception of beauty is. I look yeah. exactly the same. Nothing changed. Nothing Still changed. Still the same bitch. Still here. Nothing changed. Still her. Like, just took out my cornrows. Okay? Like, the fuck? Girl. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's just crazy. Like, another club I went to in New York, um, I went in, and I guess, you know, I was getting dressed, and then the promoter saw me. He was like, oh, no, we have enough girls for tonight. So... Oh. I was like, okay. So I'm leaving. And then, you know, I got in my car and I was just like, fuck that. My friend was in the club and called me. She was like, like, I could hear the bitches in the back. They were so mad at him. Now, mind you, none of them were black except for my friend. Mm -hmm. And they put up such a stink and ran and said something to the manager. It was like, there was nothing wrong with that girl. There's no reason why you should have ran her out this club. That they called me to come back because they were tired of listening to the bitches. <laughs> bitches wow! About how just go get her. We're tired. Of just go get her. Goddammit. <laughs> I was just like, and, and I was just like, nah, I'm good. But it, it, wow. it, it was like, well, they had you back though. That's fucking dope. Like I, I didn't, I didn't go back because I was just so frustrated about it. No, I was I feel just like, you. you know what, I'm good. I'm just, you know, that's cool. But shout out, shout out. I mean, you know, obviously, like in a sense, like you've been to so many different clubs and like. That was it. Wasn't it nice though? At least for them to be like, "No, nah, she's good." Like, what the fuck's like standing up for you, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. It was yeah. so amazing that the females did that. Like, I didn't know any of them. You know, that's actually, awesome. no, I did. I did know the the girl who's selling like clothes or makeup, and then my one friend. Okay. But to have all those females in there, mm-hmm. and they're like, the only reason you're doing that is because she's black, and none of them were black. They were all oh. Hispanic. Wow. And this, both of these clubs I'm talking about are really, were really, really popular clubs in New York. Okay. So for, you know, having them, you know, stand up for me. And here's another interesting thing. The, I've got more love from non-Black dancers. And let me say more specifically, Latinx dancers than I okay. have from Black dancers. 
Okay. You know, well, why do you think that is? I'm curious. About that. I don't know. Girl. <laughs> but, you know, I, I have, when I, when I work up north, yeah. like the, 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 I feel like the women are so much more nice, you know, than when I work down south. Okay. And, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because the only thing I can think of is up north, I don't necessarily look like them. So maybe they don't feel like I'm really a competition or they feel like, you know, the person hmm. like me is going to look, is going to be different than the person that's going to like them. Hmm. But down south, I mean, I don't really feel like I look like a lot of these women either, but they're just, I, I've just had some of my worst experiences in a strip club down south. I mm. honestly can't say I've ever really had a bad experience in an up north strip club, even though really? I talk a lot of shit about up north strip clubs. I haven't really, no, I've never really had a bad experience. Every time I had an issue up there, uh, dancers I didn't even know would all stick up for me. Mm. And I, you know, I wouldn't even have to say anything. I'm like, you know, I got this. You know, it's cool. I, I do appreciate it. But, you know, Girl, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, I appreciate you. Like, seriously, right. you don't right. have to do that. You know, but um, down south, it's, it's, it, I feel like. Is it me, more cutthroat? Like more cutthroat yeah. down there? Uh-huh. And I feel like the money is really good for me down south. But okay. It's more, that was my next question. Which, which, like, how much more money do you make? Do you make more money up north or down south? I've consistently made more money down south, but it's the one that's most cut through. And that could be it too. It could be because of the amounts of money that's being made that it's more cutthroat. But like, then again, when I would work up north, like, you know, I might, if I made a thousand dollars, the, the non-black dancers would make like 3000, you know what I'm saying? Ah. So maybe that's why they weren't really that intimidated by me, but you know, it's so interesting. Because, you know, okay, so one thing that I did um, just from, like, all my, like, students telling me is that, um, the, like, the dance, like, up north, in order to make money, it's not about, like, your performances. It's more about, like, the lap dances, right? And then the private rooms in that sense. And then down south, it was more about, like, the theatrics of, like, you know, like, the performances. And things. still, you know, there's still obviously, like, you know... Um, you know, like the champagne room and all that stuff. But is that true in that sense of there, there's, there more like, there's more, cause like, for example, like my friends would always tell me like on North, like when they, cause in, we're in, I'm in Chicago and they, they're like, Oh, like I tricking out is not going to, I'm not making money if I trick out. Like I'm just wasting my energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? If you go down South, that's where you trick out, you perform and you know, that's how you make your money. Is that true or no? Uh, I think it depends on the club and okay. it depends on the night and it depends on the song. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many different variables. Okay. Uh, I know that up north, a lot of the clubs, they do have lab dance rooms and that's how you can make your money or like the VIP rooms or whatever. Um, but just because it's down south, like there's still a lot of variables with that. Like it has to be mm-hmm. the right night. And then, you know, I'm in Atlanta now. So it's so many different clubs. So you really have to be strategic about it. Like what club am I going to go to on this night? What club am I going to go to on that ah, night? And okay. then, you know, right now I work at two clubs. I'm at uh, KOD and at the Ivory. Okay. So like KOD has a lot of celebrities. They also have dancers that they fly in from all over the country. Ah. So they have their set girls that get preferential treatment. So it's not always advantageous for me to get on stage because unless I'm getting on stage at the right time or it's really going to, you know, sometimes it's just better to just work the floor, you know, because you could catch a VIP where, you know, you it makes your whole night. And when I say VIP, I don't necessarily mean a VIP room, just like a, 
you know, like a VIP section, you know? So it, it, and it's different in that sense because there are no lap dances. There's no VIP rooms. It's just like, everything's kind of out in the open. Okay. Um, and, okay. and the ivory, you know, I like that one. It's like a ratchet club, but at the same yes. time, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just money. And it's, it's just, right. yeah, it, it's just, Do you have more like vibes. room to play room to kind of like work the room, the hustle, things like that, or at the ivory or. Well, no, it's it's kind of like the same, but no. um, KOD they don't allow you to pick up your own money. Interesting. And they they count it at the end of the night, and they tell you what you made. Oh, really? Whereas at the Ivory, you know, it's like most regular clubs where you have your bag. Right, you got your money bag. Yeah. And, you know, and I only started working at KOD when the Ivory had closed. Oh. And you know, that's kind of weird, no? Girl, we not. <laughs> we not. Would you prefer that. to? You would prefer to pick up your own money, right? Or is that right? Because obviously, you guys use your own imagination. We're not putting any, you know, we're not claiming anything in these clubs. But if somebody else is picking up your money, maybe a few dollars go in the pocket. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a few dollars be missing. You know what I'm saying? So. That's if I don't mean. count it, I look at it like this. I don't never really know what I made unless I counted it. I mean, because the only way that you can really know what you made is if you count. You know what I'm right. saying? Right, 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 right. So. Interesting. But, oh you know, God. both clubs have their good points and their bad points, just like any other club. You okay. know, so there's, there's a reason why, you know, I do both clubs. Okay. Girl, you have, you said you had champagne. I didn't see you sip that champagne once, girl. Take I a sip did. of that champagne. I'm, I'm, oh, you did? Oh, you need some more? How about this? We're going to take a break. She's going to get some more champagne. And she, I want, I really desperately want to do our, we, um, our segment of where we do our meditate, masturbate, medicate questionnaire mm-hmm. with you. So I definitely okay. want to ask you a few those questions and we can talk about that. So how about that? We're going to take a break. Uh, she's going to get some more champagne and we'll be right back. And we'll be right back after these detailed messages. Today's episode of the Kimboology podcast is brought to you by Faith and Flower. Faith and Flower's spiritual bath teas will align your chakras from your root to your crown. Whether you're medicating, masturbating, or meditating, you can use Faith and Flower to elevate your bath and self-care rituals. Kimboology listeners receive 15% off their first purchase at shopfaithandflower.com. Use code Kimbo at checkout. And we are back, everyone, from the break. Uh, Nikki's got her champagne. I wouldn't grab me a can. This is actually a, a drink that has cannabis in it. So, Ooh. yeah, girl, no alcohol, but it's got cannabis and CBD in it. So I'm going to get a little, you know, I'm going to feel it good with you. But um, we like forgot it. to ask, I forgot to ask you, answer you one of my questions that I did write down. And so what I really wanted to know, because, you know, we were talking about, you know, the community and pole dancing and strippers and all that stuff, which is fantastic. I love all the, I love you for being so transparent and telling us your story. Um, but I want to know if there's any like black pole dancers that inspire you. Okay, so you want to know about the BPOC? I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Black, Indigenous, people of color, anything like that. And that's okay. you're right. I'm sorry. 
No, no, it's cool because I have something to say because I, I've been I've been kind of upset this week, right? Because you know Ooh. we had our fake ass Columbus Day on Monday. Oh yes, so, tell us about it, girl. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure when you're going to post this, but I was like, let's get to this BPIP. Why I can't talk right now? That champagne. This question because I have a lot to say. So so okay, let me give you a little story, right? So my father is from Trinidad, right? Okay. My mom is from Rhode Island. So when we were growing up, my mom's like, oh, we're black. And, you know, like, eh, eh, it's like that one drop rule, like one drop of black blood makes you black. And so that's what they kind of live by. Right. But I heard all these stories like, you know, that my family was really Native American. Right. So I'm just like, hmm. You know, and it wasn't until I really got older and I started doing some digging and stuff and um like I had moved away. So I lived in Rhode Island until I was about like 11, right? Then I moved okay. to Cali. So my mom and my dad, neither one of them have been very cultural people. You know what I mean? Like my dad's from Trinidad. Like he's, you know, first generation, or I guess you could say I'm kind of first generation American. So like he was never into his culture or anything like that. So everything I had to learn about Trinidadian culture, I had to learn and study on my own, right? Mm. So here goes my mom on this side. So I see, you know, all of my cousins and my aunts and my uncles are in this tribe or in these couple of different tribes. And, you know, they're going to powwow and like, you know, they're, they're like the council members of the tribe. They're traveling around and like teaching the, the culture and like keeping everything alive. And my mom's like, we're black. <laughs> so, you know, I really started doing some digging okay. and it turns out we are not <laughs> Black. I, like, I, I paid for my mom to go get her uh, ancestry thing. Done, oh yeah. Did right? you do that? Okay. Girl, she's like 40% black, which is fine. We're still black. But like, you know, and I just I just want to bring this up because, you know, we just had Columbus Day. So I think it is really important for black people, you know, to really do some digging into your history. Like I went to visit my cousin on the reservation. Right. So her mom was like a professor at uh, I'm sorry, not a professor, but she worked at Brown University, one of the Ivy Leagues. Right. And so, you know, she did something up there as far as like African-American studies and culture. And like she had all these books and stuff. And it was explaining how not only they broke down the indigenous family, but they broke down the black family as well. So like one of the things that I guess my mom subscribed to, whereas the rest of the family didn't necessarily subscribe to it, was that like that one drop rule, one Mm. drop of black blood makes you black and the reason why they did this was because if one drop of blood made you black then they could make you a slave and they could ah. take your land so now they're taking your land and they're making you a slave so it's like you it, it was just like a whole sy- system of oppression right. so you know the the bp the bipoc term is very interesting to me because, you know, we're really a lot more related with natives and uh, black people than we really even know, you know. So when I, you know, I started doing all this digging and I found out like, you know, so many of my relatives are like tribal council members and like, you know, they're on the board of this and that and they're preserving the history and stuff. I'm like, you know, I never would have known that because, you know, my mom just looked at it like, oh, you know, we're just black, which is Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with being black. But I'm just like, you guys have stolen our history. 
on so many, so many different angles. Mm-hmm. You stole our native history. You stole our African history. So, you know, when we have this term BIPOC, it's like a lot deeper than you really can even imagine. You know, you have to really do your research, mm-hmm. which I said earlier, you know, do your research and do your history because, you know, it, it, it's just crazy. You know, come to find out, like my stepdad, he's, um, he's a Wampanoag, right? Cool. So, he's a member of the tribe or whatever. And, you know, I grew up with all these different members of the tribe. That never That's so dope. Members of the tribe, right? Yeah. So anyway, and, uh, you know, my cousin's also Wampanoag. You know, the Wampanoags just got their tribal um, reservation in 2015. And the crazy thing about this was, guess what tribe helped the fucking pilgrims when they landed on Plymouth? Oh, my God. Your family, so, Wampanoag. Yeah. Yeah. Am I saying that correctly? Wampanoag? So you have the tribe that helped the pilgrims and brought all the colonizers over here, you know, helped them survive and everything. And they didn't even have any land. Neat girl. Like, you know, what the fuck type shit is that? Mm-hmm. And then the only reason they got the land was because uh, President Obama passed a law that gave them land. Ugh. Yes. And then Trump was trying to take it. They weren't of course really, he was. They they weren't even really granted um their full federal rights to like have their casino and operate all that stuff until this year. That's crazy. This year. That's crazy. That's and so then, crazy. You know, the tribe that you know my mom and her family belong to. Mm-hmm. Um which my mom's not official, but, you know, I guess I'm going to be the one to have to go ahead and, you know, make that official. But, right. um, well, shout out to you for doing your, doing your research and, you know, educating, maybe that's in the sense your mom just didn't educate herself on her history. Right. Cause a lot of us don't know our fucking history. Cause we was stolen away from us. But right? so that all her cousins, like her first cousins, I'm not talking about like distant cousins, her first cousins all knew. And ah. I told her, but you know, she's been so kind of like brainwashed, I guess. Right. That, you know, and, and as a lot of us black people have been brainwashed, you know, that's why I just encourage, you know, all black people like do your research. Like I, I said, agree. earlier. you yeah. know, so it was really interesting when I went to my cousin's reservation and, you know, she has the the tribal roles and like, you know, our lineage, you know, going back generations and I'm able to like see this stuff. Like it was really moving for me. And this just happened a couple of months ago and they're also trying to take her land as well, wow. which, which is, is just, it's just crazy to me. So like, when we had this Columbus Day, like it hit different because I'm just really seeing stuff mm. from a different angle. And I just can't believe that like my my family, like their ancestors really let these people come over here and just, mm-hmm. you know, but just being good people, you know, mm. wanting to do the right thing, right. you know, and just help other people out. It just led to the destruction of so many other people, including their tribe. Right. So. Well, I mean, well, happy and in- well, happy Indigenous People Day because fuck Columbus, right? Because it's not Period. even fuck that shit. That's not his- it's not his holiday. A nigga was lost at sea and was helped by the beautiful, you know, natives of this land, Indigenous people of this land, and you know their land was stolen and they were killed and raped and you know all that fun stuff. So you know, oh America. <laughs> but yeah. thank you. I mean, thank you for sharing that side of your background in the sense of like you know with you know 
Because that's the thing, like, we don't really, like, so my mother's from Thailand and my dad's African-American. So I have that where I'm Black and Asian, I'm Blasian, right? But, you know, my, my mom's side, you know, I, I know, right, we're Thai and we're Chinese. That's like our lineage. But with my Black side, I don't know, girl. Like, my dad's from Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't even know what Africa, what part of Africa, you know, what, you know, what country in Africa our family's from. And I'm a little, I'm a little paranoid about doing those ancestry, those, uh, you know, um, ancestry.com things because I'm like paranoid that they're going to keep my DNA and do something crazy with it. So (laughs) I'm one of those. (laughs) Here's the thing about ancestry.com. When it Mm -hmm. came back, it was saying that um, my mom is not really native. It was like 1% or 3% or something that came back. It was crazy. But what was also interesting was every single one of my cousins who did it had the same result. But my cousins have never even left the native land. So how is it that you're not even recording them as being Native American at all? So, you know, you you got, it's all political. And I feel like that stuff, I feel like they're using our genes to do research, but the research, it's still research. It doesn't necessarily mean it's correct. Like for instance, true, um, true. like my, my cousin, her family has never left the land. They've had one house that they've had on this land since it was granted to them, and they have never left the land. And the the majority of them have married other people from our area, so who are other tribal members. So I'm just Mm -hmm. like, and and she she told me about that before we did it. She was Mm -hmm. like, listen, they're going to come back with X, Y, Z. Really? Sure enough. See, I don't trust it, girl. I'm over here like, nah, I don't want to like do it. You know, like I know. I'm Blasian. I know that. So it's like, whatever, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But no, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's, that's, that's deep in that sense. But what about you? Sorry, go on. Recently, it's just kind of like, you know, it it just kind of like hits different, especially to like go there and to see the little bit of land that was like allotted, you know, from all the land that. This was all girl, this whole thing. What America was all the indigenous land. So like, they girl. girl, it's the it's the fucking ghetto. I I America just we be Americaning, you know what I'm saying? That's just you know we just love it. Like, or the colonizers took over here. I mean, girl, we wouldn't even we didn't even ask to be here. You know what I'm saying? My ancestors didn't ask to be here, so to speak. But here I am today. You know what I'm saying? But but my my thing is, you know, I think it's great though that at least this has sparked your interest in this and then also been now it's encouraging you and your family to do more research in that sense and like learn about your background because that's something that you know it doesn't have to be through ancestry or whatever.com or whatever like that you can do your own research and and you know and ask questions and like you said you have family members that are still on still in the still in the tribe still on on the land so it's like there you there's your proof right there so yeah But, but do you have any do you have any you know black indigenous people of color um you know pole dancers that have inspired you because i'm yeah. curious about if you're you have some names that you want to shout out on the show we can tag them and give them a little love i definitely do I have a long list i'm probably gonna end up forgetting somebody but first of all i feel like you gotta know the ogs okay so like that's um bj's Firestarter, um my pole mama who's the owner of vertical joe's in atlanta um you know nicole the pole uh we've got Delijah, definitely a black Delijah. Girl. She's gonna be on the show. She actually runs Black Girls Pole Guys. So yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to her. Yes. We have Roz the Diva who yes. just got that app. I think she's she's doing something with Will Smith. And Is she her. now? Yes. Really? Yes. That's exciting. Oh, I'm gonna yes. find out. I'm gonna go do my research because that's exciting. 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, Candace Kane, happy birthday, Candace. It was her 30th, like, ago. I'm such a stan. She's amazing. I love her. She's so amazing. I'm like, oh, I love watching her. Right, right. Um, you have Ashley Fox, who's a successful... The GOAT. I mean, girl, she can't... There's nothing she can't do on the poll. Like, literally nothing. I'm going to, and you guys, I'm going to tag these pole dancers because I want you guys to see, because like, you know, my audience might not, not all of them actually know about polls. So I want to inform them too on that. So I'm going to tag them all in this so you guys can see them. Keep going. Sorry. Nice. No, no, no. You're good. Uh, Crystal Belcher. You know, yes. Crystal? Yes. I, yes. And Crystal um, is also a fellow Howard University alumni. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Okay. So then, um, some people who you probably already know. I know you know Anakia. Yes, uh, Anakia. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shout out to her. Yes. We yes. have Sammy Pacone. If you're not following her, you need to follow her. Say that again? Well, Sammy Pacone. Oh, yeah. I love Sammy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Me and her, like, we're like, I always say, like, we're fake, like, Instagram friends because, like, we'll comment and stuff like that and each other's things. And so, yeah, I love her. She's such yeah. a beautiful pole dancer, too. So, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love watching her. And totally. then you can't forget about the guys. We've got Young Pole Master. Yes. Oh, Young Pole Master. Yes. Bentley love Rebel. him down. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Bentley Rebel. Uh, I took a couple classes. Oh, yes. 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 I, I follow him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bentley is just like, he just makes everything look so smooth. Oh, so- he's such a brilliant dancer. Like, he can dance right. his ass off. That's the thing. He's a dancer, too. First of all, I can see it. I can see it. But can yep. you believe he's not trained? I was like, I But you I know what? You know what? Some people just have that. They Girl, just fucking can it. dance. It's in their it's in their blood. So like I believe it. I believe it. He mm-hmm. he got it. He got it. Mm-hmm. Um my homegirl Zapora. I love Zapora. Have you have you Zipporah, I do follow her. Yes. I follow Zapora. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She did yeah. Uh, get your boost the pole PSA with me. Love her. Um Regina. Gina Marie. Yes, she's brilliant. Love her. She, I lo- she's like trained her body. She's flexible. Like she start, she starts just started. She opened her own pole dance studio too. Uh huh. Ariel Loft, I believe that's the name. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Amber Crow. Love Amber. She twerks. Yes. And she's a trained dancer. Yes. Love, love it. Have, do you know Amber? I think I follow her. I follow so many pole dancers. So like I know them by their by their tagged or their. Instagram mm-hmm. name, so to speak. So yeah, that's like more, more like, so like you could say their full name, but then if they're, if they're like tag name or they're like insignia or whatever on there is different, I'd be like, wait a minute, let me, let me see if I follow them. Most of the people you're saying I, I already follow, if not all. So yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And some um, people that you may not know, but I feel like you should know. My girl, yeah. Chinette. Um, What's she, her name? Chinette. She's on um, right. Key Valley. Her name is Brazil. On okay. Valley. She's okay. Atlanta. I love Shana. Like, she's just amazing. And she's also, she started at Magic City. Okay. And uh, yeah, she's just really doing her thing. I don't, I don't know if she's still working there now, but she's on season two right now at Key Valley. Yes. Um, you know, I look, I actually, I try to get on P Valley girl. Cause you know, I'm an actor too. So yes. yeah. So I try girl, but I'm, I'm over here in Chicago. I'm not in Atlanta. So I was like, and then plus I've, since the pandemic and I stopped teaching pole, like, girl, I just had a little session upstairs right now. I'm like, ow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, everything's sore again. It's, you know, you gotta, you gotta get yourself trained up for that. So, yeah. Yeah. You, but you she, definitely do. And then when you're doing yeah. TV, it's like, oh, movements. They want you to do the same thing again and again Over. and again and again. Over. And it's like, 
Right. You do know we get tired, right? <laughs> oh, my God. So I so I fucked up, Nikki, girl. So I was on the pilot for the show Southside, which is on HBO Max. That was filmed here in Chicago. So they did their pilot episode and they hired me to be their pole dancer in the trap house, so to speak. So then um, I fucked up. I did a handspring. Right. So a handspring, guys, you go upside down and you're kind of like in this. I'll 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 tag a photo in the visual so you guys can see it. But I did that and they loved it. And so I did it. I had to do it a million times. The girl was tired as fuck. Woo. Yeah. They were like, oh, we love that. Do that again. Do that again. And again. And again. And I was like, oh, Lord, why did I do that? Yeah. So, yeah, she's right, guys. So if you, yeah, repetitive as fuck. <laughs> One thing I've learned is like, I don't really try to do super hard tricks anymore when I do like TV or commercials or movies or anything like that. I just try to do stuff that I can do again and again. And again, again. you so right, girl. And you know what? It, I had to be, because I, I was on Chicago PD and they, they usually, whenever they need like a stripper or, or dancer or pole dancer and that's, I usually, they use me as one of their specialty dancers and I did that. And it took me a while, girl, because I thought I was going to have to really impress them and do, but then I was like, oh shit, they really wanted me to do this over and over again. And the exactly. same move over exactly. and over again for continuity. Exactly. So yeah, girl, and, so that's real. So that's one trick for all you pole dancers who, uh, you know, want to do TV and stuff like that. Make sure you have like, um, a library of moves that you can do again and again and again and they really don't have to be super advanced because here's the thing they're just so excited just to see tricks right they don't know really what's advanced and what's not exactly. as long as you know you have your swag going and you make it look good you know what i mean and you're really living in the moment they don't know they don't know they don't know girl you could do a fireman up there okay and call it a day okay <laughs> you better spin around that pole if you could do it 20 million times you good. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Uh, which brings me to Showstopper, who's also on P-Valley. This is her first yes. season. Um, okay. and she's also out of Vertical Joes, you know, TVJs, Zebra Gang. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's Chinette, Zebra Gang. Okay. Question for you. Because you said that the pole dancer you just mentioned that you just shouted out was on P-Valley the first season. Was she the one doing that spatchcock up there? She's the one, the black woman that did a spatchcock, the, 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 the petite one. She was um, the double for, fuck, I don't know. No, no, no. So, no, that's not Chinette. Chinette came out in the fur coat. I don't know if it was like the first or the second episode, but oh, she came out in the fur coat, coat. threw it okay. up, went on stage. Chinette, okay. um, she's not a double. She actually has lines. It made, you know, it okay. made it as, as um, fleshed out as a lot of the main characters. Okay. She does have lines and she's been in every episode and you yes. see her as herself on the pole. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. That made me excited. All right. Shout out to her. <laughs> I love it. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Okay. So my mm-hmm. pole partner, Jenny 20, uh, when she does come in town, we do like a lot of doubles and okay. uh, yeah, I love the double sing. Jenny's like a really strong pole dancer. So I guess are you the bass or she the bass? Who's the um, base? You're the base? I usually base too. So yeah, we yeah. strong girl. <laughs> well, I, cause, it's because I'm only the thickest one. Girl, me, girl, I got these thighs. What you mean? Like I could base. <laughs> I could hold up bitches, okay? <laughs> oh my you. gosh. Uh, my homegirl, Bunny, also Zebra Gang. Uh, her IG's like Love Laugh Dance. I follow her for sure. Mm-hmm. Love her. Two other girls out of Atlanta, Miss Chrome Diva, Candy Ray yes. Pope. I've seen her getting a lot of bookings and I, you know, I've been watching. I like what I see. Uh, yeah, they just did something out here in Atlanta and it was just like, it was choreographed 
And I'm really into the pole choreography. So you're going to see a lot more of that on Pole Dance Station. Yes. I I like Chelsea from Sinferno Studios. She's doing her own thing. Like, I think she's in the West Coast, but she's doing like a lot of online tutorials. Okay. And then you have me. Yes, Nikki. (laughs) Sickening. I love it. Well, yeah, shout shout out to all the BIPOC community of pole dancers out there. Cause yeah, you guys, um, you know, I mean, and this is a, you know, everybody's experience is different in that sense, but I always felt safer knowing that, you know, I had a community that looked like me, you know, so this like, cause when I was first like, you know, you know, getting into this pole dancing thing and, you know, I would go to different pole dance studios and things like that, but it always made me feel better knowing that people can see me and I see them. Um, but even in Australia, when I was, when I was living out there and I was pole dancing and training out there, you know, um, I found like one of my homegirls, Nada, shout out to you, Nada. She's a she dancer, strips out in Melbourne and everything like that too. But she was, um, she's Lebanese. So she actually um, was, you know, a BIPOC, you know, a black indigenous person of color as well. And me and her connected too on that level because there wasn't that many black, black people in general when, when I was in, in, living out there. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's a community that I feel like Yes, we have the white pole dancers and, you know, shout out to y'all because you guys get all the love already. But, you know, there's there is something to say because it's like I always people are always like, oh, well, you pole dance. OK, well, you have to be super skinny and fit to do that. Nah, not necessarily. OK, because yeah. there are pole, there. What was it? Um, oh, Cammy Arbalis. How can I forget her? Oh, yes, for Cammy. sure. Like yeah. she's super thick and it's like super thick and flexible. Poses. Yes. Yeah. Flexible. Flexible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Girl, she's so flexible and thick. Yes. I don't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one of the girls, one of my, you know, she's another pole dancer that doesn't have as much as like a platform in a sense, but she was, um, at, she, she, her, her stage name or her pole dance name is, 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 um, X. What's that? Oh my god! I don't have a fucking brain freeze. X pole girl, uh, X. Uh, what do you call it? Iron X girl, like Iron X gal or whatever. Okay. She was this thicker black woman. Um, don't quote me. She actually is Muslim. Like she has, like she wears the, you know, no, she oh. actually wears a, yeah, like a okay. hijab and everything. But she's black, and she would iron. She would iron X and deadlift, and I was like. Bitch, like I would be so jealous because I could never do that. Like my shoulders were never strong enough. So, so you guys, that that move that we're talking about is this move where it's super. It's it's like your shoulder flexibility and strength is on another level. Um, but but like literally, she was you know thicker too. And when she would deadlift and she would iron it, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like it's not about like you gotta be skinny and like you know like whatever. It's 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 literally like. You know, I, I still actually haven't figured out what it is you need for that move in that sense because it's not about ju- it's 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 like shoulder mobility. It's flex. I think it's flexibility to it. And there's like some people all they have stronger shoulders, I guess, or, or like yeah. more flexible shoulders. I don't. I'm not blessed in that sense, so I've never been able to accomplish that move. So. Girl, I don't even try to lift. I'll be like, listen, girl, hitch kick to the. Okay. Like seriously, it's been moves I've been working on for years now, and it's just like, yeah, happen. You know, (sighs) so I just focus on perfecting the moves that I have and finding variations to those moves. Because here's another thing: you can really live a move for a very long time. Like for instance, for me, when I invert and then I go to my uh, elbow grip Aisha. Girl, I can live there. 
I, I could live, live there, there too, right? I could live there. Yes. Pencil, you know, we could we could uh shimmy those legs, <laughs> you know, we could do yes. a little walk, you know, and yep. it, 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 it's really about like the variations because people they don't necessarily I mean, some people are gonna look at the strength moves, but you know, it, it's just just like the club, there's something for everybody. Some yes. people want to see the strength moves. Some people just want to see a show and feel your energy. And that's one thing that I learned on the uh, the Welcome to the Dungeon tour. Uh, Candy was like, "Listen, it's all about the energy." And mm-hmm. and I, I just really got that, especially when we were coming out there performing every night for thousands of people. And it's like. I, in my mind, I had a trick that I wanted to do and it just didn't necessarily work out, but I kept that energy up. And then, you know, when we're done, you know, the audience is standing and applauding. We get off, you know, the stage at the end of the night and we'll take pictures. And they're like, oh my God, you did such a good job. In my head, I'm like, really? I didn't because I really didn't do <laughs> You know what I mean? I had it lined up, but they don't know that. They don't know, girl. They don't know. Keep that in mind for all your performers out there. See that? She said it, girl. Thank you so much for your story. I thank you so much for your honesty and your transparency and just sharing your journey with, you know, and then honestly starting the platform, you know, um, Pole Dance Nation, like, honestly, like, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next with Pole Dance Nation. Um, but you guys, we ne- I, we have to do our weekly segment with um, Nikki St. John. So we have to do our meditate, masturbate, or medicate segment. So in this segment, um, you pretty much choose a topic. Anything can go underneath those categories, um, but you choose one of those topics and then you kind of just, you know, it's our, it's our mental health and focus on whatever you want to kind of talk about. So like meditate, masturbate, or medicate. So you choose that and then go from there. We'll see. I like meditation, but I also like masturbation. Okay. <laughs> I've tried to manifest a lot of things lately and with all this new stuff we're doing with Pony Nation. Okay. I'm going to go with manifestation. Girl, that wasn't one of them. <laughs> you said, I'm sorry, no, meditate, meditate. No, okay, okay. Well, then meditate and then manifestation will be underneath that. And then bro, there you go. Yes. <laughs> meditate for the manifestation. Meditation. Amen to that. That works. That works. That works. <laughs> so we're going to choose meditate. Okay, cool. So, okay. So then you're saying you're going to be manifesting a lot for Pole Dance Nation. So, so tell us about that. Well, um... <laughs> I am kind of nervous, but in the world of meditation, we can only think positively. Is what I'm okay. learning. So I'm launching my online classes. We're starting with the twerk, and then we're following it up with the twerk and pole, which is launching this week. Uh, okay. We're doing the promos for it and everything. So yes, so I am meditating about the proper ways to do this. Do you have a meditation? Do you have a meditation practice at all? Like, do you go like in a certain room? Do you lay on your bed? Do you, you know, like what's your? Do you put on some like um? Like, do you have guided meditation or do you just use it like a um sound or what do you do? So when I get up in the morning, I um sit in my bedroom on the floor and I do it for like 10 to 15 minutes and I'm not really good at thinking of nothing but what I do do is I think about the thing I want and just everything positive that I'm grateful for like okay. for instance I'll do like different categories like my health my business the partner that will somehow appear who is now in my vortex um <laughs> I, I love it <laughs> Abraham Hicks and that kind of like you know kind of gets me going and then at night I always put on um like meditation 
music. Um, I like doing a lot of the chakra healing, you know, mm. just the abundance manifestations. And I find that when I do that and I normally wake up in the morning, I'm in a lot better mood. Yes, I love that. No, I, I actually love the idea of meditating and manifesting together. Because that's something that I actually don't really know much about or I haven't really done. I mean, I manifest all the time, but to put those two in the same category, because that's the thing. She's a, she's a right, guys. And obviously, a lot of people out there that meditate, they, you guys know how hard it is to turn your brain off and just like try to think of nothing. But it's like, instead of thinking of nothing, how about just manifesting things that you want to happen? I think that's so intentional. I love that. I'm, I'm actually going to start doing that. I love what I'm that. learning is that the reason for, or, or according to um, Abraham Hicks, guys, check out Abraham Hicks. They're amazing. So what I've learned is that as far as like meditation, the reason why we do that is to clear our mind out of negative thoughts. Mm. It's not necessarily to be absent of thought, but to clear your mind of negative thoughts so that the positive things that you want can occur, right? Mm. I'm not good at clearing my mind. Like I literally have 50 conversations going on at any given time. So it's very hard for me to, to stay focused. But I know that as long as I keep my thoughts positive, you know, things kind of fall in line. And what I've also learned is that, let's say, for instance, I want to manifest a car, right? I don't necessarily have to think about manifesting a car or even feel good about manifesting a car. Just find something good that I'm thinking about, whether it's manifesting a drink from someone at the club tonight. Okay. You know, and then just getting, getting that, getting in that mood. And, you know, you start with something that you believe can actually happen. And, you know, when it happens, it like gives you greater belief. The next thing's going to happen. The next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And I've been doing really good with my manifestations lately. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shout out to that. You're like, that is... They're happening, guys. They're working. Yeah. Manifestation is real, guys. It's fucking real. It really is. Because if you put that thought, that intention out there in the universe, things just start to happen. It starts to like, mm-hmm. just kind of like manifest, right? Yeah. yeah. I love that, Nikki. Like that's so, I'm seriously going to start doing that because I, I haven't done that. And I think that's going to be really like, I'm excited to start man- um meditating and manifesting i'm excited about that so yeah thank you for that um well sh- seriously this has been like amazing I've, I've, i'm i'm trying to think if we've if we've missed anything in the sense of like having you here and like sharing your story but everything you've said today was really inspiring and just really it, it helps me kind of understand more of the the like what your history was especially with polarization because but it also helped me understand that it, it wasn't actually what I thought, to be honest with you. I, I, th- I thought your story was a little different. So I, no, I'm, what's what's I'm, I'm I don't even know, to be honest. I didn't know your story. So that's the thing. I love Kimology. I love having guests on because this is my time, right? To really understand. And the thing is like, you know, sharing Pole Dance Nation with us, like, cause I was just a follower. I just followed you and I loved what you posted. I would, t- I tag you all the time. And, and that's really the, that's really the, the connection that me, me and you had in that sense was just this platform, your platform you created, Pole Dance Nation. But from that, though, you know, hearing your story, hearing your hearing, like you said, the mistakes you've made and, you know, and learning from them and going forward and manifesting, right, going forward, your business and success for the future of, of Pole Dance Nation. Like, I think there's nothing but positives and there's nothing but, you know, success coming your way, so to speak. And I'm just happy to be a part of that. I'm happy that you were, you know, use my platform to share your story. So thank, thank you me. again. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm about to come to Atlanta and, and 
and literally just like make it rain on you. So I'm going to have to do that. And if you ever want to uh, try dancing at the club, the ivory will take you, girl. Ivory takes girl, you. Girl, don't be telling me that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> My partner's going to be like, hey, hey. Oh, but, but here's the catch. <laughs> you can't take any clothes off. Wait a minute. <laughs> what? No, you cannot take your clothes off. I'm fucked Everything up, guys. I'm fucked up, guys. And you know what's so funny? Don't tell me that. I'm about to move to, get, I'm about to, move to Atlanta, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Like, seriously. Because I'm just yeah, like, damn. So, you, you can live out your fantasy at least for one night, you know? Girl, all right. Well, you know, maybe, you know? <laughs> I'm over here like... <laughs> Well, first of all, thank you again. And I did have a quote of the day that I wanted to wrap the show up in before I let you, um, you know, plug anything else that we didn't, that we maybe missed on or, or anything like that. But I have a quote. Um, and I think this is kind of like really related to what we have going on. So the quote of the day is confidence literally starts from yourself. You have to go look in the mirror at yourself. If you don't like what you see, you're going to give off that energy. And that's by Megan the Stallion. Okay. Hey. And you know, I Hi, just feel like, okay, okay. <laughs> Literally. And look, oh. that, that's so appropriate because I'm teaching a class called Hot Girls Work. There, look at that. Megan, come down to Atlanta. Or, or, yeah, whatever. Have her come down and take a class. That'd be so dope. Right. I'm going to manifest Megan the Stallion taking a pole dance class with you. How about that? I'm with it. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm down with that because I would be fucking sick. I would love to see that because I love Megan Thee Stallion. I'm such a stand for her too. And she, she like got into the whole ballroom scene. So I love seeing her there. So I'm, I want to like, let's get her in the pole dance community. Let's get her there. Who knows? She might be like, she might be down and she might want to pole everybody, like be a pole dancer, you know? Because you know, um, what's her name? FK, FKA Twigs. She's a singer or, or something, but she yeah. is a pole dancer. So like she's Girl. found the love of pole. So so many celebrities are pole dancing now. It's crazy. Right. I love it, though. I'm excited. So, yeah. yeah. But I seriously loved our conversation so much. Me I too. value you. I, I appreciate you. Um, and, yeah, if there's any anything we've missed, if you want to kind of like, this is your time to kind of tell people, you know, where they can where they can read your book or where they can download your book or, you know, whatever you have going on coming forward, let us know. Okay. Well, yeah. So if you want to get the pole dancing book, check it out on Amazon by me, Nikki St. John. Um, also, if you want to sign up for pole classes, we are doing them now. Uh, go to poledancenation.com right now. I'm launching the twerk classes and the twerk and pole classes. Uh, we also have a lot of regular pole classes coming up and um, floor work, chair, all that good stuff. Yay. Is this going to be virtually or, or just... Is it, can they right. go in class or can they be in person with these at all or no? Right now we're doing virtually. We okay. have an app. Okay. So we have an app. Like, are we, like we have an app. You're like, like wait crazy. a minute now. We have an app. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. I was like, wait a second. I got an app. So, um, yeah. So we're getting to the point where we're doing the on-demand classes and I'm launching that January. But right now, um, it's just kind of in the development phase. Well, actually, the app is already done. I just need to shoot the content and put it on the app. Sickening. Like, All right. Well, let me. I'm, you better announce it. Happy. Announce it when it's ready to be downloaded, so I can download it for you. I want to download the app. Like, like you guys okay. all download that app. So, well, I will put everything in the show notes, guys, so you guys can see. You know her Instagram page. Anything that she wants. To, everything that she mentioned today will be in the show notes, so you guys can go and see. Um, and then as well as the like, go to our Instagram page at Kimboology Podcast, so you can see all the ta- uh pole dancers that we're going to tag. And so you can see their, you know, amazingness. Um, but yeah, 
Nikki, you're awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for spending some time and talking to us. Um, But yeah, guys, that's it for this week. Um, Yeah, we're going to leave you with, what was it? We're going to leave them with, do your research. That's what we're going to leave them with. (laughs) Yes, do your research. That is is literally the, not the quote, but like, girl, I'm high. Uh, (laughs) Like, Bitch, this hit this hit me, and I'm like, wait, I can't. What? What am I saying? I don't no, know. listen. I'm that's like, what I said at the beginning, and I didn't realize how it was going to tie into everything that I said. But girl. it's really like, do your research on everything, on your personal history, on your business history, everything. Do your research. Yes, do your research, guys. All right, guys. With that, that is it for this week, and we'll see you guys, you know, on the flip side. Kimbo out. Brought to you by the Rick Dog Network. (coughs) Well, shoot the damn dog.